Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blindspot Show, where leaders lead leaders. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Amar Ahmad, and he is living in Denmark. You're the founder of Denmark Real, and now you have a very successful local barber shop called Crew Cut. Now, that is quite a feat because you tried two big challenges. One, right, to start your own company, but two, to join a brother. So as far as I know from a lot of leaders, it's tough being in business with a family member. But I know you're also someone who is very generous and you mentor other people. So tell me, how have you made it work with a brother? Well, thank you for inviting me here. Uh, it's nice to be here on your podcast. Working with my brother, um, I, I didn't, I didn't think about it that much. I, I didn't understand why people always says it's great that you're that you are able to work with your brother. But uh, now I understand it. Yes, it's there's a bit of friction between us uh, sometimes. But the best part of it is when we go home, the slides clean and work is work, and we're brothers. So I, I think this this distinguishing between work and being a brother, also knowing that this is my older brother. Like uh, he 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 means well, and I mean well too, to for the business that keeps the things mm. uh, at flow. Yeah, because I can imagine during these COVID times that you know maybe stress gets high and you may want to make different decisions. So how? So first of all, how has COVID you know nineteen impacted Denmark, and then specifically your barber shop, and then your relationship with your brother? Well, in Denmark, we had to close down really fast, and I think that was the right thing to do. Uh, according, compared to Sweden right now, where everything is open, and mm. that have hit them very, very hard. So we closed really quickly. Um, we closed for five weeks. That was really tough uh, mentally because it's like losing your job and not mm. having anything to do. Um, compared to my brother and the things we have to go through. He's actually very, very understandable. He listens to me, uh, to my ideas. Um, we are we are different, but work together perfectly. Uh, I'm more high on openness, uh, wanting to have new ideas all the time. Mm. He's more conservative. So we balance each out. He listens to me for all these ideas and asks me about what can we do in this situation. And I suggest some things and it's back and forth like that. This is the perfect part of it that we listen to each other. Uh, we mm. respect each other's ideas. And um, if he if he says this idea is too expensive because I'm crazy, I want to go f so fast and develop things. <laughs> yeah. And he says uh, this is too expensive. It's not possible. And I think about it a bit, and uh, maybe yeah. The communication between us is amazing, and I think uh, the respect makes it a lot better. And then tell me, it's how did you both decide? Uh, what to do regarding, you know, being shut down for five weeks? Did you lay people off? Did the government give you any help? Or We um, we closed this, the shop in March um, and we opened it again the 20th of April. So we have been working for one and a half months or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's great. Uh, in Denmark, they give stimulus packages. They pay, I think, around 75 up to 90% of the salary of the worker. Mm. Um, and they, the government asked people to not lay people off, wait for, mm. don't fire them till we have a solution. And, mm -hmm. um, so, but hey, the taxes are really, really high in Denmark. This is the thing that they can do uh, to, to keep 
people safe in that way by not making them lose their job. So stimulus packages are the thing that helped us a lot to get to, through this. Yeah, very good. And then, uh, wow, a barber shop. I don't know about in Denmark, but in America, there's one. Uh, seems like there's one in every corner. So how how have you and your brother succeeded having a barber shop? I noticed that the, it was the personality of the person that's that's working there. Mm. Uh, it's key. Um, a lot of people think it is just the haircut. It is not. It's the whole experience while the customer is sitting in the chair. How does the customer feel? And if he feel well, and if he feel good about sitting there, if he feel that I am actually communicating with him, uh, not interested in only cutting him really, really fast to go to the next, then he feels important. That helped the barbershop a lot because this barbershop has gone into a transformation a few years ago from being a barber that, that was focused on cutting fast and cutting a good, a good quality, but we wasn't at the same level that, like now. And when I came to the scene, I tried to upgrade that. I tried to use more time on the customer. I tried to think quality first. This is key number one. It has to have quality. It took a bit more time. It took also time to convince my brother to, to work like that, but it worked. So I think the thing that makes us different from all the other barbers is we put more time and energy to the, to the haircut and to the products. So it all sounds like you were born and now you're super successful. Have you uh, gone through any struggles to, to get to this place? What, what blind spots uh, are you willing to share with us? Well, I discovered that um, not having a clear vision for our business can affect the motivation of the people in, in our organization. So as a leader, it's very important to have a clear idea where you, are, where you want to go with this business. Uh, and how, and you have to be able to communicate it to those in the organization. Uh, it's very, very important because if those around you don't know where you are going and where you are heading, they are not that, that motivated as, as they could be. So this yeah. is, this is one of the things I learned. Like it, you have to have a clear vision for your business. And how did you learn that? Because not everybody can discover their own blind spot. Well, I noticed it um, by the level of energy with the people I'm working with. Um, I couldn't understand why why people wasn't that efficient as I want them to be. And I um, tried to study that a bit. And I found that you know, the first thing that the business have to have a vision. It has to be clear, communicated. Uh, people in the organization have to know where, you, where we are going. Uh, and I worked with that. And with, when I communicated to my workers, it helped a lot. Yeah. And how did you, you said you, you studied it, meaning you read books, you went to leadership class, you just started asking your team members what's going on. Can you share a little bit more about how you understood that? Part of it is, is asking team members. And it's because mm -hmm. um, I felt a doubt in this concept mm -hmm. and being able to ask them helped me a lot. Other than that, I love watching lectures, mainly on YouTube, actually. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of them. So lectures help me a lot is because reading books is a bit slower for me. I like to have things explained like the lectures on YouTube. Very good. Well, what would you say was one of your greatest surprises in leading others? Mm. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's a good one. Um, I actually have some ideas written down and it is about that people are not robots. They don't, they just, they don't just take orders. Like, People are very, very different. Each one of them is different. So for me, I want the job done last week. That is sadly not the case for everybody. 
It's not. I thought that. I thought that everybody wants really to go to go far, really to go fast. But people have different energy levels, different ways of working, and not everyone are willing to put the same amount of time or energy in that work. But nor shouldn't they actually, because people are very different. Like my way of doing things is not necessarily the right way, and just because it is my way, because that, that is one of the faults. Like being a leader, being a manager, you think that you are the right one. You think that everything you say is is perfect, but it is, why have that idea? Maybe it's not. So I think we could easily be blind spotted on ourselves. Yeah, and thankfully you you're aware of that. So you keep talking about energy and the importance of noticing your energy level, you know, your staff's energy level. Is there something that ins that has you be so aware of energy? Um, I like to study personality, the different personality types. Um, so this is mm -hmm. what I'm using my time on the past year, actually. And knowing which personality you are working with could help you a lot as a leader, uh, help you a lot to work with those people because then you notice they actually are different. It's not a choice. They have, they are not choosing to be different. They just have a different way of working, different way of seeing life, different way of seeing this task and solving it. And um, I, I think knowing that people are different and how to interact with them can help you a lot as a leader. Yeah. And you're give them a certain type of personality assessment or you just naturally try to figure out who they are? I, I actually assume at first, um, because we are not that big a, a company um, to roll out tests, but it is actually possible. There is actually a test that could predict uh, a person's efficiency and uh, also long-term. And that those could, could be used. Other than that, it's actually watching the pattern on the worker's way of, uh, of dealing with things, trying to notice. And I know most leaders doesn't have time, but trying to notice your workers and what is the uh, strong sides and weak sides. That could be something. Yeah. Well, sometimes it takes a little bit more investment up front and then you'll save time down the road with building a good team. What as a leader, do you have like a personal habit or a daily routine or something you do that you think helps you be successful as a leader? I think especially for me, uh, being an empath and high openness and all that, learning to say no, especially to things that drains me, it's, it's very, very important in order to have time for other things. Um, but I try also to keep my day structured, especially the morning routines. If the morning works well, then things will go perfectly. If the morning routine is messed up, things will not be so so good. So I think, and also, it's very, very important yeah. to recognize those around you. It's very, very important to appreciate them. If you want some someone to work harder, it's not by saying work harder, but it's, it's about by appreciating the things that are they're already doing. Um, and recognize what they are doing. It could be a small, small thing that you could uh, go to the worker and say, good job for, for, for this task and be specific if you can. What is it that you are saying good job for? Very good. So normally I start to wrap up the show by asking you, what's the one, you know, call to action you recommend for other leaders? But it sounds like you just shared that. It sounds like, you know, you feel like if, if leaders would recognize others, that that would start to help increase performance. Is there is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up the show today? This is this is it with the with the recognizing people and especially because 
they are actually putting in hard work. Uh, they have a family at home. They have made problems, and they are still at work doing what they can to to survive. So noticing that will will make them appreciated, and especially if it comes from the leader, that is very very important. Yeah. Well, then I will add one more thing that I would like your feedback on, which is I think you're also uh, at some level probably noticing that as a leader, what you have done by co-founding one unit organization and by helping people in that organization probably has helped you understand people better. Can you say something about what made you start one unit, what it's about, and how that has helped you be a better leader? Yes, one unit we established it in 2017. Um, We established it because we wanted to help young men and women in a less fortunate uh, social or segment of society where people are more vulnerable. Uh, I'm talking about ghettos, and I'm talking about all this, or or, or places where there's a lot of poverty. Mm -hmm. And we started the idea because we ourselves went through a journey of personal development, and we thought a lot of people could use that. Uh, They could use a mentor, they could use a coach, they could use someone out there that could help them, and someone from the an insider, actually, that have gone through the same struggles, especially being a foreigner in Denmark. So we started mm. this, this this organization to to give them a chance to give them to let them see that actually there is a lot of opportunities out there, especially when you live in in a poverty or live with a, with parents that doesn't work and everybody around you is screams failure or it's the, or they are struggling. Giving them another side of the coin, showing them that things are possible. It's it's a huge thing and and it's helped me a lot. It helped me a lot because I I learned a lot of, a lot about humans and. Uh, how they think, how they work, how they are very, very different in a group, each one of them. So you struggled with that yourself at one point, and now you want to give back? Um, yeah, it's because I went through the same. I went through the struggling of um, not having someone to show me the way. And um, I moved to Denmark when I was 12, and uh, I had to find my way there, um, finding what I want with my life figure out which education and uh, and there was no one there to 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 guide and help my parents was uh, was busy working and trying to survive uh, themselves i th- i think i took that journey the thing that i learned and the thing that i saw that actually every person could do that you can optimize your life a lot more uh, and i wanted to give that to someone i i thought that being a part of this of this society i have a responsibility and i took that yeah, uh, thank you for for doing that. It's uh and it really just takes, you know, one person being interested in one other human and it sounds like that's what you have done. So, any last word of advice to people who want to mentor someone? I think figure out who needs the help and figure out what you are able to offer. And I think that a lot of people are able to offer a lot. It could be a small thing. It, those those kids and young people, they only need encouragement, actually. They are smart. Mm. They are really willing to up themselves and grow. It's just the mm-hmm. encouragement and that you notice that they exist, that they are not trouble as they always are told. So, Well, I can certainly see why your attitude about that and your experience about that has made you such a great leader. So really appreciate you taking the time and your willingness to be so open and share your experience. And uh, why don't I turn the show over to you to say goodbye to our listeners? I could say it in Danish. Let's do, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Bridget, thank you for inviting me, really, and I appreciate it. And I hope someone out there could get uh, get the help they need. 
and um, more leaders will listen and be open. And I will say, Pavel, 